is Robert Rogers. He comes to us from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he has a powerful message to share with you. So I will turn it over to him. Please give him a warm Sioux Falls welcome. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Good morning. It's an honor to be with you here this morning. Come all the way from Indiana to share a message of hope with you and to point you up to God, that you might know God. Do you know him? Are you one with him? Do you have a deep, personal, abiding relationship with him? Because Jesus said, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship with God. Do you love him passionately and know him personally? For the Bible also says you must worship no other gods, but only the Lord. For he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you. Is that humbling? God's heart beats for you. Does your heart beat for him? Do you know him? Are you passionate for him? Because if we get this relationship right, we have a chance to get these horizontal relationships right. To live what I call a life of no regrets. But all it only comes through the cross of Christ. That's why I make the cross out of these words. And for me, it's where I begin every morning on my knees at the foot of a cross just outside my closet. Surrendering my life all over again. Saying, Lord, I need you. I need your grace and your strength to live this day for you. And so very simply, that's where we invite you today, is to the cross of Christ, to lay down your life, your cares, your sorrows, your regrets, whatever it might be, once again. And at a very pivotal time in my life, into camera, as I said these words, I said, I have no regrets. Not because of a perfect life, but a purposeful life. So I'd like to share uh, just a few practical steps to live in a life of no regrets in three key areas of life. The first being your marriage with your spouse. And so I'd like to begin with my parents who were married in 1952. And by God's grace, they truly lived a no regrets marriage for over 60 years. Thanks be to God. And really what they did that we can all learn from were two simple words, to stay married through thick or thin, better or worse, richer or poor, stay married through it all and to leave a living legacy for your children and generations still to come. And to revisit those marriage vows, which say to love, honor, and cherish. How many husbands and wives do that for each other? To cherish, which means to treasure, to nurture, to show tenderness. To do some sacrificial act of kindness each and every day for each other. To say, I love you. To pray together. To go on dates regularly. And to continue to court and nurture that marriage relationship. And live in a life of no regrets. And so I thank God for their my parents' example and legacy of faith and family. I'm the youngest of eight children, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and all 10 of us growing up would fill up an entire pew going to church. And I called God Lord many, many times, but I hadn't yet made him Lord. There's a big difference. It's one thing to name him, another thing to know him. And as a teenager, I started asking all these questions. God, are you real? Are you there? What does all this mean? What am I doing at church every week? They brought me on a journey that brought me ultimately to my knees, a point of complete surrender. Saying, Lord, I think I finally get it. You want my heart. You want all of me. Well, I want all of you. Come, take me over. I give you my life. And it changed my life completely. In fact, I fell in love. I fell in love with Jesus. I fell in love with his word. I got my own personal Bible. I started reading it every single day. And I encourage you, read this book every single day. Don't just try do you try to eat? Well, don't feed your body and starve your soul. In fact, as a wise man challenged me, he said these words, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Can we try that together, please? 
No Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. So before you fill your tummy with food, fill your soul with the word, the bread of life. At the end of the day, read some more scripture. Embrace your day with good news. This is very scriptural. Very first chapter of Joshua says to meditate on it day and night. Very first psalm says to study it day and night. No Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. You'll never regret it. And so I grew up there in Cincinnati, and I studied piano as a youngster at a conservatory of music. I went on to study in Indiana for a couple years. And while I do like to play, I also do like to eat. So I transferred back to Cincinnati to study electrical engineering. Well, part of my curriculum brought me all the way to Boston, Massachusetts as a co-op student. I was helping to design computer chips during the day at a high-tech company. Well, on evenings and weekends, I got a job in downtown Boston playing the piano at a sidewalk cafe. And despite that doozy of a hairdo, it didn't deter a beautiful blonde from Kansas from coming by and just plopping down on a bench next to me. I mean, it never happened to me. I'm a shy, reserved introvert, kind of a geeky, nerdy engineering type. I didn't know what to do. I was shaking in my boots just trying to keep my fingers on the right notes. <laughs> but suddenly we just started talking. The words just started flowing. She kept on laughing, probably because she kept on looking at my hair. But you know, it had to be a divine appointment. How else could you get a city slicker from Cincinnati, a country girl from Kansas, in the middle of downtown Boston? That would be God. Our Bible says in Matthew 6.33, if you seek him first, he'll give you everything that you need, right? That's why no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Don't seek the person, the prestige, the position, whatever it is. Seek God and his presence. And lo and behold, a divine appointment when you least expect it. Of course, it didn't hurt that Melissa reached into her purse, pulled out a $5 bill, and put in a tip cup you see right there. Ever since then, she said, boy, that's the best five bucks I ever spent. And so we quickly fell in love over an ice cream sundae. I thought, you know, I better marry this girl. Sort of romantic riverboat cruise on the Ohio River on New Year's Eve. I popped the question. She said, yes, right there with a the ring on her finger. And one year later, we married in Cincinnati on New Year's Eve. And she said, I do, even though I still had that hairdo. After seven long years of college, I finally graduated. It was from California, job offer. So we packed up and moved west and started our lives together. I've always wanted a big family. And God bless us with children, but none ever came easily. Our first, we named McKenna. She was over two weeks late. Took over two long days of tough labor and delivery to get here, followed by a C-section. Because she was nine pounds, 11 ounces, 22 inches long and upside down. After all that, somehow Melissa still said, it's okay, she's worth it. Yes, indeed, she is worth it. When she was about a year old, I had to rush Melissa to the hospital. She had collapsed on the floor, and she was admitted for emergency surgery. Turned out she had an ectopic rupture. She nearly died. That stretched her faith to the core. And it's going to be twice as difficult going forward just to have more children. But lo and behold, within about half a year, we found out we're expecting again. After five years of California, we'd had enough of the West Coast. We moved back to the Midwest to be closer to the family. We bought our very first home in Kansas City. And a few months later, gave birth to our very first boy, whom we named Zachary. An eight-pound Whopper born completely naturally, no complications, but we were thrilled. Till the next day when the doctors came and said, we believe your son has Down syndrome. And bam, I was like a baseball bat to my gut. There I was, buckled to my knees, saying, Lord, I don't know how to do this. How to raise a child with special needs. How to deal with his philosophy bag, his cleft palate, teach him sign language to communicate. All these challenges with all these blessings. We quickly realized that a disability really can be an opportunity to grow closer to God and closer to one another. We learned a lot of great things. We also learned don't ever feed your boy an entire bucket of blueberries. 
Or he might say to you too, Mom and Dad, do I ever have a diaper for you? I know because I changed it and never forget it. A couple years later, we gave birth to another little big guy, another nine-pound whopper, another day and a half of tough labor and delivery, another C-section, but another miracle. We named him Nicholas. And then after our 10th wedding anniversary, we really had, Melissa said, we're going to have another baby. We were thrilled to have number four on the way. And two weeks later, he miscarried again. Boy, it's devastating when it's part of your heart, part of your flesh, part of you. None of us is spared the heart-wrenching sword of suffering. But we have a choice of how to respond to that. We just responded in faith and said, Lord, what do you want us to do? And we just had an unction to adopt. So we went to a brief informational adoption meeting. And with the tears rolling down our cheeks, we knew this is for us. 11 months later, we're on a 747 flying from San Francisco to Beijing, China. Because I heard about a little orphan girl that nobody else wanted, all because she wasn't perfect. All due to a heart de defect, she was special needs. Without well be a special needs boy, let's go get a special needs girl. She's perfect for us. So I'll never forget coming back to the Kansas City airport and crossing a jetway to greet the rest of our family and holding in our arms this beautiful bundle of joy. We thought, oh, how could nobody want her? She's perfect. She's beautiful. She's spicy. And yet there's at least 143 million orphans on this planet right now. We thought, well, we're going to start with just one and to see where God leads. Of course, we never quite make all four smile at once. You know how it can be? You got the cookies, the toys, you try to sing a song. It doesn't always work, right? Life is not perfect, but life is precious. We learn particularly by having two special needs children how life is sacred. I implore each of your parents and grandparents to love your children with all you've got. Tell them you love them and live it. Live a life of no regrets with your spouse and your marriage, but also with your family. As the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Is your treasure at home? Is your treasure with your family? What do you treasure? Who has your heart? Because your, your heart will always follow your treasure. And so one just practical tip is to recapture that table time together as a family without any interruptions, without any electronics, is you, me, and food. Pass along your faith. Pass along your stories of your life. Pass along the blessings and the favor of Almighty God. These are precious times. Carve out at least one time a week to do that and turn off any distractions so you can just focus on your family truly. But the Bible says your children will be like young, vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. So gather them around your table and pass along what God has poured into you. I thank God we were taking the time to do that and to do our best to live that life of no regrets. floods in Kansas Saturday night. Four young children were killed in one car. The rising waters trapped the family's minivan against a highway barrier until it broke, plunging the vehicle into a creek three stories below. Robert Rogers, who two weeks ago lost his wife and all four of his small children in a raging flash flood across Kansas Highway. 
Have you asked yourself again and again, why was I left here? Why was I spared? Well, I believe it was nothing short of a miracle. Um, God is not a taker of life. God loved the world so much that he gave. I believe he chose to spare me so that I might be a beacon of hope, uh, a banner for families, so that um, we might reach others through this experience and help them to cherish their children and families. Hug and kiss them every day, every morning and every evening. Tell them over and over how much you love them. Snuggle with them at bedtime. Place your hand on their heads and bless them every day as I did. No hug is unimportant. A very moving, a very moving soliloquy yesterday from a father who has lost so much. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all my fear is gone. Because I know he holds my future and life is worth the living just because Jesus lives. Do you believe that? Really deep down here, not just words of a beautiful hymn, but truly the essence of our faith. That even if your whole world is washed away, you still have a life worth living because it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ. I could not possibly stand before you in a vertically upright position this beautiful Sunday morning if it weren't for my faith. For my faith didn't just evaporate the pain. It still hurts. I still cry. I still grieve. I still miss them. I still look up at the stars and whisper their names, but I still trust God. My faith that was with me that night when all six of us in our vehicle were washed off the Kansas turnpike by the seven-foot wall of water and plunged into this deluge. Somehow I was watched ashore and they took me by ambulance to a nearby hospital while they began a search and rescue for my family. In the middle of the night, an officer and a chaplain somberly came to my room with their hats on their chests. With the news, I feared the worst. I said, Robert, we found your minivan. It was a mile and a half from the freeway, upside down. I said, three of your young children were still in their car sheets and they are dead. And Robert, we need to ask you to identify their bodies. What do you do? It's every parent's worst nightmare. All my blood went to my toes. I felt numb. At first, I couldn't even cry. They slowly made, led me down this long hallway to the emergency room and turned left and pulled back the drape. And there before me was Zachary, just five years old, a little big guy with Down syndrome. Nicholas, three years old, our buddy boy. Alina, our precious little sweet pea from China, still only one year old. Only had her for eight short months, and I forgot to celebrate her birthday at Christmas. And suddenly the floodgates of my tears just burst forth, and I collapsed over each of their bodies and stroked their wet hair and cried and groaned and wailed from my gut like I was going to throw up again. Somehow I believe only by the Holy Spirit, with one hand on each of their chests, 
I raised my other hand up to heaven. I said, Lord, into your hands I commend their spirits. The very words of Jesus on the cross just before he breathed his last, exemplifying his lifetime of surrender to the Father's will. And so must we, right? It's one of the hardest things to do as followers of Christ is to surrender all. And yet he's not Lord of all. If he's not Lord, he's not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of all, right? How often do we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, little ones to him belong. They don't belong to us. A few hours later, they came to my room again and said, we found McKenna. She apparently caught on a barbed wire fence a short distance from our van. I had to grieve the loss of our daddy's first little girl. She just turned eight years old. And for days, we prayed and hoped that we'd somehow find Melissa intact. But on the third day, they found her body two miles from the freeway. This retention pond that had tripled in size from all the floodwaters. I had to identify my wife of over 11 years. Where do you go? Where do you run? What can hold you up at a time like that? I'm here to say it can only be the mighty power of God's word. Hebrews 1.3 said he upholds the universe with the power of his word. So if he can keep the planets from spinning out of orbit, he can keep my world from falling apart when it seems as though it might. But it takes time in his presence. Because if today were your last day, would you have no regrets in your marriage with your spouse, with your family, but most of all with God? Where Apostle Paul says, everything else is worthless compared to the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not just a head knowledge or intellectual knowledge, but an experiential knowledge. Are you one with him? And do you spend time with him. Read the Bible every day and pray. Set aside a time, set a place, and then stick with it. Preferably in the morning before the, world, the day and the world gets crazy and hectic. Just so you can nurture that relationship with God and come to know him more and more. Would you believe in the wreckage of a minivan that uncovered our camera? We'd use that night at the wedding and reception. You can see some of the candles and things behind us. It's a miracle they even found our camera. It's another miracle they were able to develop the role of film in that camera. But the biggest miracle of all is that all four of our children are actually looking at the camera at once and smiling. It's a beautiful picture, and I have it on a blue bookmark I'd love to share with you, just so you can see a miracle and perhaps share it with someone else who needs some hope. So how do we do it? How do we get through it? Well, back to God's Word. It's real simple, right? It's not easy, but it's simple. God just says, trust me. Trust me in your times of trouble. And I'll do two things. I love this. Number one, he says, I will rescue you. I will. Some way, somehow, I'll rescue you. He rescued my family that night. They got to go to heaven. And who's more blessed? But there's one in this course and a thousand anywhere else. I felt as if we were all going together. I was tumbling in the water. I couldn't see. I couldn't breathe. I was ingesting the floodwaters. I was drowning and dying. But at the moment of near death, it felt very peaceful. God was there. As if he had his hand around all six of us, raising us up to heaven. But somehow I was washed ashore. I don't know how. But by the grace of God, here we are in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this beautiful Sunday morning in April 2023. I can't explain it. This is God's doing. God is God and I'm not. Either we trust him or we don't. I will rescue you. 
may not be your way, may not be your timing, but it'll be God's way and it'll be good. That's number one. Number two, he says, and, and you will give me glory. Yeah, glory. See, out of your story, God can bring great glory. Out of your mess, God can bring forth a message. Out of every great test can come a great testimony. It all depends how you respond. And so I did my best to respond in faith and obedience as people just like you invited me to come and share my testimony. I'd never done this before. This has always been my least comfortable spot in front of people behind a microphone. I'm a shy introvert. But God often uses our weakness to display his strength. That's how you know it's him and not me. I started traveling around the world to minister to orphans there in Haiti. I also went to India after the 2004 tsunami when hundreds of thousands died in the floodwaters. I've been to Russia. And if I can offer one word that's helped me to heal the most these past years, it's one word, serve. Serve, which sounds kind of backwards. When I'm in pain, I need others to pour into me. But what I found is you empty your life, pour into others, God will fill you up. It's in giving that you receive. You're going to reap what you sow. And as you look into the eyes of those you serve and you see their heart, that'll help change and heal and transform your heart to be more like Christ. Through my passion for these orphans, I also began a foundation I call the Mighty in the Land Foundation. With a big vision, a sponsor began at least five orphanages worldwide and honor my five heavenly family members. And one by one, God's been bringing that vision to pass. We dedicated one in Russia, called it the Melissa Home, in Rwanda, Africa, in India, in Uganda, Africa, in downtown Beijing, China, back in Uganda, Africa, another one, in Haiti, in Kingston, Jamaica. Like since we began this foundation, we've given or granted over $571,000 to help care for orphans and special needs children around the world. Now, these numbers are way over my head. It has nothing to do with me. But look how if you just give God what you have, it might just be your broken heart, it might just be your tears, it might just be two loaves or a few loaves and fishes. Offer them up to him. He'll take that little and make it much and bring forth great glory. He's so good. He's so rich. I'm so honored to be part of their lives. I've also been very honored to have partnered with Focus on the Family. As I literally scraped out the walls of my heart and put them on the pages of his book called Into the Deep. Into the Deep. And it's available to anybody for anything. If you can't afford it, you can go ahead and take it. One man's story of how tragedy took his family but could not take his faith. I also wrote a book called Pass the Test. How to Endure the Fire of Affliction and Emerge Like Gold. God wants to bring you through it like gold. And a lot of people ask, how did you live that life of no regrets? And so I put down much more detail than we can cover right now in a book called Seven Steps to No Regrets. How to find peace of mind with God, others, and yourself. A lot of people ask, Robert, how did you get through it? What worked for you? So I wrote a book called Rise Above, How to Heal the Hurts and Overcome the Worst. Because when you're the one going through that valley, it's the worst, right? I also wrote a book about purity, because we're all called to a life of purity. Whether you're youth or adult, single or married, it's amazing what the Bible has to say about purity and how we can live a no-regrets life by staying pure. There's also some discs back there. And these are available to anybody for anything. Take what you need, give it every few legs, because I do this full time. Why? Because I'm passionate about the Lord. I want to turn people's hearts back to God. I'm passionate about families. I want to help turn parents and children's hearts back to one another by challenging all of us to live this life of no regrets, starting today, starting right now. 
but I could need your help. Could you please pray for me? There's two simple things. Number one is if this message has impacted your heart, you saw somebody else who couldn't be here or another uh, church or a, a city or state or country, just pass the word along. You can connect with me online if you like or just grab one of these brochures and pass it along. That's how I'm here today. It's by word of mouth. This ministry thrives on word of mouth. That's number one, but number two is most important. Can you please pray for me? I need your prayers, don't we all? Can you pray this one time a month? What's your birthday? Just pray on that day every month. It's 12 times a year. There's a little sign-up sheet on the table. If you want to just jot down your name, commit to pray, and just take for free. It's my gift to you. One of these green wristbands. It's a reminder to pray, but it's really for you. A reminder to know God more each and every day and to live that life of no regrets. It's a reminder of no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. It's a reminder that today counts. This time with you, it's precious. I've been praying and fasting for you that God would indelibly impact each of our hearts through his word as shared today. For Lord, you've allowed me to suffer much hardship. We probably all agree with that. Yes, Lord, you've allowed me to suffer a lot of tough stuff, but I love this. You will restore me to life again and lift me up to the depths of the earth. Isn't that good news? That's what Easter is all about, the resurrection. How God reached down, lifted up his own son. If he lives within you, he wants to lift you up too. He's done it all through time, all through scripture. In fact, usually when it's darkest, boom, that's when light and hope come bursting through. Remember Job, who had it all, and he lost it all. He lost his health, his wealth, and all ten of his children. That's not the end of the story. Last chapter of Job, God restored him, not one for one, but two for one. And the Bible says that from Job's experience, we see how the Lord's plan finally ended in good. Don't you love that? Don't you love a good book or a good story with a happy ending? God is a God of happy endings, heavenly, heaven, and ultimately, even the seasons and chapters of your life on this planet can have good endings if you trust him. I'd like to prove it to you. This next picture, in 2006, a beautiful girl said to a guy like me, I do. Her name is Inga. She's not from Sweden. She's from Indiana. So now I'm a Hoosier. <laughs> and thereafter, God blesses with a beautiful son. We named him Ezekiel Thomas. Then he blesses with a gorgeous daughter. We named Estella Eve. After a very traumatic miscarriage, a little stillborn baby boy, five months long and five inches long. We had to bury him. It was awful. But then God blesses again with a marvelous son. We named Leo George. And then with a gorgeous daughter, we named Lola Elizabeth. Behold, the hand of Almighty God. Is anything impossible with God? No. Nothing's impossible with God. You see, in 2003, my beautiful wife and two mighty sons and two lovely daughters died in that flash flood in Kansas. Now somehow God has graced me with a beautiful wife and two mighty sons and two lovely daughters. How is that possible? But by the sheer grace of Almighty God. Is it no wonder my knees hit the floor every morning? I assure you they do, because I don't deserve them. I'm nothing. I'm just dust and ashes. But because I know God through his son, Jesus Christ, he calls me son. Look how much he loves me. Look how much he loves you. He gave his only son that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God loves you. There's nothing you can do to stop that love. We receive his forgiveness, his mercy, and receive his love. I love my family beyond words. In fact, they're here with me this morning. 
So I hope you can interact with them this afternoon. We have a very loud and active household. We home educate our children. I work out of my home office. It's become even louder lately because if you years ago, God said, surprise, he blesses with another mighty son. We named him Solomon Gideon Rogers. Taste and see that the Lord is good with the joys of those who trust in him. God is good all the time. Let me wrap it up with one last image of God's amazing attention to detail in our lives because God truly is in the details of life. See, after my family died, I had to bury all five of them at once. There's hardly any words even to try to describe that. But there at the cemetery in Kansas City after the burial, I had these balloons. I just felt compelled to release them one by one up to heaven. But I didn't quite want to let them pluck out of my hands. But I surrendered them, and it was a beautiful sight and an awful sight all at once. We came back to my empty, hollow home. I lived there for nearly three years alone. It took a long time to go through everything and grieve. But on the first day back, my parents, my siblings, and I were just clinging to each other for dear life. We just happened to wander into the laundry room of all places. And there on the wall was this calendar my daughter McKenna had made as a school project a year before the flood. It was still in August, but now it was September, the day, the month of the funeral. So we flipped it up and our jaws hit the floor because there's McKenna going to heaven. She never drew herself in any of the 12 months but this one. She's holding balloons. I just released balloons in the cemetery. She's holding six balloons. Six people died that night of the flood. She's got a big smile on her face. Her feet are off the ground. There's a woman driving the bus. Melissa was driving her van that night when we hit the floodwaters. There's two boys and a girl stood in the car seats on the bus. Our two sons and youngest daughter were still in their car seats when they found our van later that night. If you notice, I'm nowhere in a picture. It's only the five of them. And off to the right is a stoplight. She colored red as if that's the end. Well, if that's not enough, remember that last roll of film they miraculously uncovered from the wreckage of a minivan developed? They also came out of this picture we'd snapped after the bride and groom left the reception. And all the balloons in the car on the pavement. Of course, our kids were playing with them. And lo and behold, there's McKenna in virtually the same exact pose as she drew a year before. This has taken hours before we hit the flash flood. Look, her arms are up to heaven, balloons in each hand. She's got a big smile on her face. Her feet are off the ground. And as he was right behind her, was that stoplight, just like in her picture. You put those two next to each other, and friends, this is no coincidence. This is a God incident. This, it's real. This a book, it's real. Not just a bunch of stories, you can live your life by it. In fact, it's one big love story between God and you. It's not just words about God, it's the word of God. It's the voice of God in print. God is real, heaven is real, and hell is real, and you will spend eternity in one of those two places. That's the main reason I came all this way, is to make sure we don't miss it, to make sure we don't hear, depart from me, I never knew you. But rather that we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If today were your last day, would you have no regrets with God? Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Not who do others say, but who do you say? How he answers that affects everything. Do you believe he is a Christ, a son of the living God? I'd like to share a song with you that I composed for my daughter McKenna. From a father's heart, 
Because I had a lot of questions, you know. Lord, why? Why did I live and they died? I don't get it. I'm the protector. I'm the provider. It doesn't make sense. But I'm so comforted when I realized their last breath on earth was followed immediately by their first breath in heaven. You taught me what it's like to be a daddy. To be invincible in your eyes. You taught me what it's like to be the king of our castle and whisk my little princess away. What was it like to break the bonds of death into life? And what was it like to breathe in your last breath and not die? What was it like to pierce the earthly veil to heaven? Can you teach me somehow? What is heaven like? You taught me what it's like to be your hero. You taught me what it's like to kiss my princess goodnight. But when the rain came, I couldn't save your life. McKenna, what was it like to break the bonds of death into life? And what was it like to breathe in your last breath and still not die? What was it like to pierce the earthly veil to heaven? Can you teach me somehow? What is heaven like? Oh, what is it like to walk through heaven's door? What is it like to dance on streets of gold? What is it like to savor heaven's ice cream? What is it like to hold Jesus and just gaze in his eyes? it like to pierce the earthly veil to heaven? Can you teach me somehow? Can you show me somehow? Darling, teach me somehow. What is heaven like?
like that, life can change in an instant. We just don't know, do we? Every death, every funeral reminds us how fragile life is, how thin the veil is between this world and the next, between time and eternity, between this opportunity for conversion and that moment of judgment. So I pray that none of us depart from here unchanged but rather that we allow this encounter with eternity to change us, to transform us, to turn us away from sin and back to the Lord, to turn us away from the world and all its attractions and back to our families. I love that message they left on my phone just two weeks before the flood. Did you notice they never say goodbye? They just say goodnight, Daddy. I love you. And really, that's the truth. Because when we're in Christ, there is no goodbye. It's just good night. Yes, weeping indoors for the night. We cry a lot of tears, but joy comes. Joy comes in the morning because God is faithful. He was faithful then. He'll be faithful now. He says, I will be faithful to you. And you will finally know me as Lord. Do you know him as Lord? Today we are last day. Would you have no regrets? Let us pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning together, featured on your word and your presence and worship. But we thank you for peace in our hearts. We invite you in to do within us what you must, so you can do through us what you will. We surrender our lives, our hearts, our wills to you, Lord God, and declare your lordship over our lives. We put our faith alone in Christ alone. Let us go forth from this place. We would come to know you, to love you, to serve you and follow you all of our days and with all of our might. We pray these things through Christ, our Lord. Amen.